You're listening to BAU, Business as Unusual, the podcast that is shifting the way we think, interact and transact. Well, morning, Joe. We're live. We're live. Good af- Yes, good afternoon, Patrick. How are you? Yeah, very well. Good morning to you, Joe. I can hear the birds chirping in the UK over there. It sounds yes, beautiful. Yeah. Yes, no, I'm in uh I'm at the top of uh of a woodland in the uh in the north of the UK, which is uh absolutely sensational. But uh it's spring here, so you can kind of um yeah, there's little see little chickadees, see little kind of um chickadees and all that sort of stuff kind of yeah. Yeah, they're very, very cool. That's the sound you can hear. Uh, little chickadees kind of all through the forest here, so which is lovely. That sounds nice, man. It sounds like the tea and scones are flowing over there. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, kind of changing as of seasons, I guess, eh? So uh, we're at the opposite end of that back home in Australia. We are, we are. We just got the extra hour of sleep and the extra hour of light in the morning, which I know is one of your favourite times where you feel like you can get one up, especially if you can get in the surf early. Absolutely, absolutely. Get ahead of it all. It's fantastic. Yeah, so it feels nice. Uh, it's yeah, calm here on Shake Acres. It's it's. A calm day, so feels like there's a bit of similarities there, but yeah, no tea and scones will be <laughs> doing, some, doing something. <laughs> no. else um, but definitely not a definitely not a um a kind of I guess a, a calm time in the kind of world of uh, the emerging world of AI and things like that, is it? So it's been quite a week. Oh, it's been a hot week, that's for sure. Um, and seems to be only getting hotter. Like the pressing question that the listeners and I have for you, Joe, is is what's UK's yeah. read on AI? And I know you got to Holland a little bit, so you got in the streets. I, I promised that you'd be in the streets. We want to hear what the people have to say. <laughs> yeah, no, definitely. I mean, I think it's uh, I think it's probably probably seen the same way, right? It's uh, you know, I would say that there's a spectrum of people who see it as a bit of a novelty and kind of you know are a little bit head in the sands around kind of what it actually means there's people who see it as um at the other end of the spectrum as kind of you know the new operating you know i've heard put out it put to me that it's the new operating system of life which i kind of liked i thought that was an interesting way of thinking about what this actually means and then um there's kind of people in the middle who are going look it's going to really change a lot of the administrative and kind of um where not i guess our knowledge base sits so you know the kind of the for example the end of software programming for example um you know could be upon us in the next kind of three or four years so there's a wide perspective on um on what this can mean but certainly you know i would say that if i had to break it apart probably it's 20 percent of people who are head in the sand whereas i think 80 percent of people are going this is something that i actually have to to um to key into yeah and what's what's your take <clears throat> there was a fair bit of news coming i think it was early on in the week where it's sunday now recording with the big letter to, to put a hold on developing AI um, from yes. big celebrity names, but there has been a, a call for this for a long time, from especially from women, black women, women of colour, sort of calling out saying, let's, let's slow this pony down a bit, let's not do the same that we have in the past with sort of innovation, especially in technology that changes the way we, we live and interact with one another, a la Facebook, a la TikTok, a la anything you can think of. Um, but yeah, what was, I suppose, take on that is interesting who's saying that, who signed it in terms of a celebrity standpoint um, or like a, a notoriety 
Um, but yeah, it has, it has, maybe. Yeah. it has underlying merit. But whenever I see those names say something, um, I always think what's in it for them. Yeah, of course, of course. And I think you've got to trust, trust your instincts when it, when it feels like that is that, um, there's definitely the slowing down agenda, um, you know, I think is, is a good question to be asking, but it's, it's maybe framed the wrong way. I think it's much more around framing it around governance and kind of what it is, what this thing actually represents and what do we need to ensure that, you know, people's, well, things that they've signed up for in, in, a, in any democracy or kind of any, you know, kind of um, area of life where there's some level of freedom granted is that that's the thing that is not necessarily always in this conversation when it comes to technology. And I think we've seen this through kind of, um, I guess, social media was very much framed up as kind of, you know, building the world's community, bringing us all together. And it was anything but um, <laughs> the, the way to do that. And so I think in this instance, there's a different, start point perhaps for people which is really around kind of how do we ensure that we remain human as we become more automated in or artificial in kind of the way that things actually work so that um you know our knowledge as human beings doesn't end up becoming something that traps us a little bit further and i think that's the that to me is the thing worth really focusing on is that what are we willing to um trade out and i'm not saying we should trade out anything of what it means to be human to adopt this technology but that's the that's the question more so than it is about the speed of how this will get rolled out yeah they could be intertwined it's but an interesting, i think the start point is yeah. perhaps a bit different for sure i hear you there but then i hear just the market and commerce just coming in and going let's just apply it like it's it's alleviating a lot of a lot of things in a lot of areas and and just speed of of doing that is is, is rolling it out yeah. exactly you can feel so, that can't you yeah, it's yeah. like and then it's it's a feeling of like froth where it's like am i going to miss out am i going to like you know that feeling in a, in a new emerging market um where everyone knows how lucrative tech has been in the past and is now even in the face of what's going on economically it has definitely had its stripes pulled off to a degree but this is a new one where everyone's like oh hang on do I hear fast money? Um, but without understanding the implications. And yeah, we don't necessarily have a healthy place to have those big conversations around what tech this is, what the, what this is going to do to us. It's a, it's an interesting place. Like, um, but my gut feeling is it's just going to keep rolling out at, at breakneck speeds, but yeah, me, me too. Me too. And it was, um, you know, one of the um, one of the interesting kind of um, tidbits, you know, of kind of being over here was actually going to the to the Google headquarters in the UK at um, near King's Cross, and um, it's you know um, not casting aspersions, but it will sound like one. But it, it feels like a playpen, and what I, what I mean by that is that it's kind of it's this artificial kind of um, work as leisure construction that is um, it's interesting that that's kind of where it's gone, but it feels very yesterday somehow that that setup and that kind of time of that you know we kind of came to work we worked out at work we kind of you know got our dry cleaning done at work we had um, our meals done at work and we kind of all hung out at mm. work programming away the world um it feels very yesterday and you know i think you know a few years ago heading into the pandemic i don't think you would have said that you would have said that that feels like the future of work which is that this kind of this committed kind of culture building things breaking things together now I'm not saying that's not going on still. Of course it is, but I'm saying that the it feels it feels like it's yesterday's way of doing things, and that's 
perhaps where some of these kind of more, um, you know, their legacy players, I hate to say that in technology, but their legacy <laughs> players are perhaps going to slow down stuff on, um, on chat GPT as an example, which is really, you know, language learning models. Um, none of the people who have come out and kind of said that we need to slow down are necessarily leading the way um, when it comes to kind of actually building them, are they? No, and that's sort of the the piece that I was alluding to earlier. Um, and they're sort of playing off a, a fear that is existing in there, which is valid um, and something that we should take seriously. But at the same time, we should understand who those people are. Um, it's an interesting place, yeah. But it's funny, like aside from all of that, where we would where we just were, that you've been at Google and sort of hinting at we're in another revolution of what work looks like, coming out of the back end of a pandemic where we all. I don't know, a, a lot of people anyway experience the lockdown, a lot of people experience the work from home, a lot of people skilled, a lot of people tapped out and we're in a sort of new place to define what work is um, and we're still doing that and, and you're right, it's it's not really the selling point for big business to be saying, come in and we'll do everything for you, maybe for, for a young cohort, that, that is a unique uh, point of difference at the moment but for majority it sort of isn't it isn't the space that that people are signing up for and what is that going to look like in the future with with ai sort of as your buddy being um a work colleague or or who knows what doing your job like what are you going to do um it's yeah yeah exactly and i think it is a colleague right it is you know as it stands today it is very much it's a it's a knowledgeable colleague that needs strong direction from a from an experienced operator. Well, that's the um, well, that's you know, what even, just came yeah. out today. Like, is it's like, what do they call them? Prompt em- engineers, but they're pretty much just like very dry poets. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and exactly. with deep yeah. domain experts of like um, the organization that they're working for to get those prompts. Like, there's a prompt marketplace now. There's so it's the art of getting the right information from ChatGPT, which is like it's exactly. wild. That's just that's sprung gonna... up as a marketplace for yeah. prompts. Like, yeah, it's but yeah. it's hilarious. Like how you how actually cool. get the right, yeah. How but that's quickly gonna, that's you happened. Know, these, these are the things. These yeah. are the things that start to happen very, very quickly. And but the people are clearly figuring out that this is something that is. Um, they wouldn't be doing that if it wasn't useful. I think that's the thing that I always try to hone in on when um when these things start to come out is that it's how quickly people start to build on top of it in terms of kind of the um, utility bits of it. So people are using it, people are using it to kind of build prompts, etc. And now people are going, okay, well, what are the best productivity hacks using this thing? So you can already see how that knowledge starts to play out way beyond what you might initially expect, which is really about kind of searching for things, looking for things and kind of, you know, using it to, help structure your own information whereas this has just become different the second that starts yeah and it like even just working with it from a personal perspective it the idea is the gold and then it's just you play with things that are very more meta i hate to use that word because of because of where we are in the space that we're talking but you you're playing with a very ethereal thing and then this makes it feel very material when it lands so you can you're sort of playing in a in a dream space at least that's what it feels like it's a conversation yeah, then it does. It, like with yeah. a colleague and then all of a sudden the output's done and you're like wow and it's then like you can tinker with it from there versus clever yeah you have like, don't, don't you find that i mean like you've directed things you know a lot in your life and stuff and it feels like you come up with the idea for the production and this now just would it does it all at some level underneath oh, your it's... direction and it's a very 
different way of working than working with another human who's in some ways subservient to you. And that's what I find really fascinating about this in knowledge work is that you don't really need the subservient when you get to that, get to this level. It allows you to scale your experience, your ideas, your way of viewing the world. And it's going to go one or two ways, isn't it? It's either going to be the thing that further stratifies us and pulls us apart. Um, or it's going to be the thing that kind of actually really kind of frees some people from the kind of the, the true tyrannies of work, which is often that the, the pressure of continual responsibility for the output as it develops, because it's, you've got to make sure that people understand what you're actually saying. Whereas chat GPT really understands what you're saying. Yeah, it's it's phenomenal for someone who definitely uh, does well with with ideas and then struggles with that output to clearly clearly say something. It's it's a pretty powerful tool to to play with that to how best say it um, is, is is fascinating. Uh, and you will it'll be a trade off because like for for me and the work that I do and have done is often the sparks come from miscommunication or misunderstand or like you know, creating an open space where, and that, that it, there should still be room in any industry where that is a valuable, a valuable outcome where you can have a conversation and new things can spark and, and grow. But that still happens with ChatGPT, which is wild um, in yep, terms exactly. of you, you see a different perspective that you didn't think of before from just prompting. Um, but yeah. I'm so, I'm so glad you took us there because I think that's that's what I'm, I, I really see as its power is that it's... um it has friction right it's not um it's not as straightforward as it's just robotic there's actually there's a friction it's almost like you're in a relationship with this thing um and i'm wondering if you're experiencing the same thing oh for sure and you start to see how it works and you're starting to see what prompts work and you yeah it's it's uh it's a beautiful thing um from my limited intro i use it a bit like full disclosure as you said last time i've definitely gotten into it um just being able to come away from some of the editing tools in work and now being able to apply a lot more of the ideation style that we do for work. Um, and just, yeah, it's an amazing mapper. It's an amazing a friend, colleague. I don't know. We went through this, the title. I still don't know. Like some days it's definitely a friend. Some um, days it feels like a friend. Some days it feels like a colleague. <laughs> yeah. yeah, so it depends on my day. Um we just chat there, man. Chat. No, all jokes aside, it's a, it is a wild tool. But what I, where I was going with this was, I feel from that limited experience, obviously it's going to evolve. Is I just think it really taps into what we've said in the past about how it's going to become a lot more gestural, like the way we think. It's like that labor work is going to be strange in terms of copy output, uh, even some creative output that's more visual. It's sonic like there's even sensory that's coming through where it's it's the idea the concept and then it's the execution and then the tinkering on that execution in terms of the way we think about that and the way that is done like that whole pipeline is is really all of a sudden con uh con what's the word like it's just shrunk in terms of time to yep. do it and then in terms of layers to get it done it's it's uh it's yeah, it's phenomenal what it's going to be doing across so many industries. And then, yeah, the questions tapping all the way back is you, you can't stop it. Like, that's the scary thing. I don't know if you feel like that. Like, when, because I got into that with stop the stop, uh, pause, hit pause, or slow, slow tech. But it, it's good to say that. But the reality, 
in the past. It just never happens. Um, and that's not to say that you shouldn't try, but it, just from the perspective of, of looking what's playing out and the value that people are getting from it and then the value that stands to be gained, it's just if someone isn't, you know, it, it's really for me it's a question of how quick we can make policy. Like that's sort of... Yeah, that's always been the the crux. It's like, why isn't policy quicker? Like, government's so slow. We're still arguing about social media and how it should be used. Now it's like AI, and we're nowhere near this. And it's a real problem for society. Well, it's yeah, it's the question of kind of can centralized government respond quick enough in a digital age? And you probably know historically Um, speaking, it's a fat no. (laughs) Yeah, it's true. It's true. Yeah. So no, like the mood here is definitely, you know, it's uh, everyone's facing, I think, the same issues around kind of the cost of money and kind of everything else increasing. And, you know, certainly uh, it's um, the same kind of outlook. But, you know, around technology, it's it's probably the same as that there's a there's a curiosity, but also a concern, I guess I would say that that's the that's the framing. And, you know, in between those things, it's quite a useful people's direct experience is that it's useful and yeah. that it's um, it's life enhancing at some level. Yeah. Is it going to be Frodo's ring? Is it going to be the ring? That's like, it's, I feel like it can be used for the good. It can be used for the bad. Like that is more so than social media. Yeah, it's true. Like, it's definitely true. Right? It's because obviously those, those will become more broad broadcast tools, right? It's, uh, you know, I mean, I've already seen things where, you know, kind of people are using it to basically, you know, like shit camp people on social media consistently just using chat prompts around kind of how to write it this way or how to write it that way. So as a tool for good, it's fantastic, but also it's a tool for evil. There, But that's that's humanity in a nutshell. It is humanity in a nutshell. Um, so, yeah, once again, it's just a big old, big old mirror, hey? Yeah, for sure. Let's um, hope it's not a black one, eh, buddy? Yeah, I'm voting not because it's springtime here. And, uh, yeah, that's yeah a, the flowers are out. So yeah, I'm feeling a, optimistic. That's a good man. That's a good We love to hear that. Um, <laughs> we love to hear that down here as we head into winter. It, it is needed. But, um, yeah, it, it's, it's, up to, it's up to the moment more so than ever, really. Um, and then in terms of, exactly. like, pushing away from sort of AI and the AI-dominated world that we're, we're, we're entering and defining as we speak, minute by minute, second by second, prompt by prompt. Um, what is the take on the economy over there and everyone's read? Like, obviously, Brexit has happened. Um, price of goods has gone up yeah. around the world. Like, what's the feel there now? And, and have people tightened their purse strings? Is, is a pub pint a pub pint? Yeah, no, it's uh, it's very expensive to buy a pint in a pub now, so um, for sure. So there's certainly, I would say, less less of that. But I mean, broadly, what uh, what the vibe is here is that Brexit was a, a big mistake. Um, you know, I think there's certainly there's kind of um, limitations of that. The reason it was a big mistake is because it doesn't allow you to scale infrastructure in common with the EU. So you're actually smaller in a world where bigger is winning. So the EU kind of still is is a collective so to speak that can fund things build things etc so a good example of that here is uh the hs2 project which is the kind of the high-speed rail thing now Mm. if they're still in the eu that thing was to be getting built you know i think uh with funding whereas now they've actually had to stop part of the route because they literally can't afford or can't figure out ways to bring it in on budget so there's 
kind of those things that are starting to go wrong at a policy level. There's big problems around kind of um, asylum and border, which is the same kind of question you'd be asking if you're in the EU, but it hasn't really stopped that um, politically. And then, you know, the cost of money and the cost of living here is um, just as pronounced as it is everywhere else in the world. So it's a, it's a tough time for sure. I think it's a, that was the same when I was in Europe as well. It's the same, it's the same experience here, unfortunately, than it's been in lots of places. Yeah, and what's the sentiment on the street in terms of getting around and, and feeling that? Are people super worried? Um, are you yeah, seeing I think people on the streets and things like think, that? Yeah, loads, there's lots of homelessness yeah. here. Um, and certainly, you know, there was not as not there was um, very little of that actually in the, in in the Netherlands. So mm-hmm. there's very little um, homelessness for some reason. But I think their policy is slightly different around housing, etc., and kind of crisis accommodation. So, um, but yeah, like people are you know not finding it easy, and um, you know they've they've been fortunate. I think here that they've had a mild winter. Um, but the cost of living pressures are real on on everyone. So I think what you see is a kind of real um, real demarcation. Like certain stores were incredibly busy, other stores were incredibly dead. Um, so you know, as people kind of see search for ways to um, save money on everyday essentials, um, you know, kind of bookings like where I'm at is quite a tourism draw. Um, where I'm kind of calling you from today, and it's not um, you know it's not busy. Like mm-hmm. it's not, um, and they're into their Easter. Um, half term here so i think that's a real tell when people kind of you know the classic cutbacks how do i cut back on my day-to-day spending how do i find cheaper ways to do the same things and then they get to a point where they're like okay well i'm also going to start to cut the things like the holidays Mm. yeah and the supermarkets look different i know you've spent some time in the supermarkets yeah they do they do they do yeah big focus on value kind of a big focus on kind of you know just the shift of stuff um the ones that are doing well are really kind of um trying to find ways to offer everyday value but then also promotional value Mm -hmm. um, to bring people in and i think that's something that uh you know start to see in australia as well Mm -hmm. so the discounters are doing really well and people who are able to feed your family for a set price point um you know like a marks and spencers here have done really well out of just going we'll give you a 15 pound meal where you can feed a family of four so it's like a takeout at home and that's pretty good value yeah as everyone um looks that everyone loves convenience still um but they do lower price point well they don't have to yeah. they're still they're still working just as much it's, it's uh, if not gonna more. be hard to go back to scratch cooking yeah yeah exactly yeah. yeah um and then to pull us out of the dreary's is you went to a great uh we spoke off air that you went to somewhere that you took a lot from um and that was around rebellion around hip-hop um tell us a yeah. little bit about that and what what you took away first give us the title because i can't remember it yeah sure 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 no, so i went to the um the statue gallery and they have an exhibit um in chelsea so that's funded by the statue brothers um and they have an exhibit at the moment which is called beyond the streets and it's a history of um of street art and kind of where it came from in the 60s um particularly here in the uk where it started in the late 60s as well in new york and why and then how those two cultures kind of converged um through kind of i guess the first bits of how punk basically merged into kind of um break dancing and kind of you know kind of um street performance and then kind of how that then merged into hip-hop and then how that merged into kind of um new wave punk then how that kind of um merged into kind of like more i guess kind of um house and kind of um protest that way 
but the thread of the art that goes through it and each um, generation's take of kind of um, rebelling against the one that went before but doing it through the same medium was um, incredibly powerful. It was very, very well done. And I think you realize that um, you're you're not alone if you think outside of the box. So there's a lot of people who don't want to conform and want to find new ways to kind of do stuff. And um, yeah, I, I took, took a huge amount from it. So just in terms of even... Um, the music and the history that um, I experienced as a in my teens and twenties, it was lovely to see that kind of captured and kind of just some of the beautiful kind of behind the scenes moments of what that um, kind of scene looked like mm. um, was very moving and very powerful, and it was incredibly well done. So, what did you take in terms of what did that era say to you that you didn't know? or feel or like did it affirm a certain um, thing? I think it probably more like just. Um, it's it's things i felt but yeah. i've forgotten i felt if that makes sense it was like a and i think that's the power of it is i think everyone who goes through there um as long as they're not you know um i don't know in their in their 90s <laughs> are gonna are gonna take something from that because they're gonna see things that they were involved with musically and then they're gonna see how that was linked to kind of politicization but then also kind of this rebellion and this kind of this taking back of public spaces and finding ways to kind of um, put art out there that was expressive and i think that's um what i took from it is not that it's uh it's things i i felt in the past but maybe i haven't felt in a while and it was kind of really nice to feel connected to that and then kind of leave that going that's a real big part of me and have that affirmed in myself so that was that was nice it was really nice well, mate, I think there's a nice place to end it on. The UK correspondent has definitely got some family ties there um, <laughs> yeah. going back and 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 piecing it all together and having some feels. Um, yeah, it's chill. Yeah, cool. Yeah, and uh, look forward to having you back here on on Australian shores. Um, yes, and being I look able forward to, to getting back and pick up pick up this AI madness again and and whatever. <laughs> yeah comes our way it's, whatever else it's 2023 baby anything's possible <laughs> buckle up buttercup for sure yeah yeah, yeah. um 100 so we're on the roller coaster looking forward to hearing a few screams from you and <laughs> and uh yeah thanks for tuning in and thanks for um calling in taking some time away from listening to those lovely birds yeah pleasure mate no problem all right we'll chat soon sounds good Thank you for listening to BAU Business As Unusual. Subscribe and learn more at baupod.co. That's baupod.co.